Welcome to the Precision Health Pod for another episode where we talk to the people building and experiencing the future of health. Today we have Alan De Silva, founder and CEO of Summer Health, a newly launched company providing personalized pediatric care via text message, aiming to answer patients' questions in 15 minutes or less. Uh, also previously an early team member at HIMSS through IPO, spent time at Twitter, um, and as an experienced investor um, in and around the space as an angel and a scout. Um, welcome, Alan. We're so excited to have you. Thanks, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be here. We'd love to get started learning a little bit more about you. Um, how did you get to where you are today? Oh, well, a lot, a lot of trial and error. Um, I'll give my background in a nutshell. You, you summed it up very nicely. I started my tech career at Twitter in the a very different era of Twitter, the pre-Elon, actually pre-Jack era, when Dick Costello was the CEO. And I had the pleasure of helping the company figure out how they were going to monetize, um, which really opened my eyes to the world of technology and what technology businesses can do for everyday people. Um, I've always been extremely passionate about consumer products, both building consumer products and using consumer products. And so what better way to start my career in technology than working on a product that I was personally obsessed with. Um, I've used that as a rubric for my career, working on products that change people's lives for the better, uh, that do it in an everyday fashion, um, and that can really bring technology to the fore to do so. When I uh, left Twitter after a business school hiatus, I joined as an early team member at Hands of Hers, where I led the business development team uh, and oversaw a lot of our monetization efforts in uh, some non-traditional channels, retail channels, uh, big relationships with health systems, and the like, uh, and had a great time learning about the healthcare ecosystem. In my tenure at Hims and Hers, I also discovered this dramatic need to bring healthcare up to the 21st century. Um, we interact with each other and with technology in very different ways from how we interact with the healthcare system. And it became very obvious to me in my time there that we shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. Uh, we shouldn't necessarily have to interact with the healthcare system in a different way than we interact with other um, humans or other pieces of technology. I was inspired to start Summer Health by my own journey, and we could talk a little bit more about that, uh, but I today now have the pleasure of getting to help uh, with pediatric care and sick kids around the country. That's so interesting in terms of kind of how you take the technology lens into the into the healthcare side. How did you make the decision? I know you were at business school um, before you went to Hims and Hers, but how did you make the decision to go from pure consumer tech into healthcare? What was yeah. that driving force? It's funny. I wouldn't say that it was a particularly well thought out decision. I was very attracted to the idea of consumerizing healthcare. Um, Healthcare, I became interested in healthcare a little bit while I was in business school because it touches everybody's lives. It seems extremely fundamental. And thankfully, I haven't, I wouldn't say I've had a, a brush with healthcare in a severe way, uh, thankfully, in my life so far. But it did take a personal use case with um, some of the, you know, the, the hair loss products that Hims sells to say, hmm. There is a huge value here. I know tons of friends who do want this medication for whom it is really uncomfortable to get access to it. And uh, the consumer use case became so obvious to me that I felt compelled to join a company like Hims at the super early stages to understand how we can 
consumerized healthcare. Um, I maybe I sound like a broken record a bit, but again, I just feel very strongly that the way we engage with our health journey should be a fundamental part of our lives. It's something that affects us every single day, whether you are actively thinking about it or not, whether it has to do with nutrition or it has to do with your um, mental health or some other kind of physical ailment that's more acute. It, it touches us every single day. And so that to me is the definition of a consumer product. Of course, over the past five years, Hims has been one of kind of the defining companies in consumer health. So you talk about bringing technology, improving the customer journey um, on the healthcare side. What do you think we've done really well on the consumerization of healthcare? And what do you think we're still missing? Mm. I think about this question a lot. So I'm happy you asked it. What are we doing well? Well, for starters, we're breaking down the barrier to actually get care. Our company's mission is to radically simplify access to care, but that's that's not only Summer Health that's doing that. Um, as you mentioned, Hims and Hers and some of the other um, larger consumer healthcare companies have really taken strides to make it accessible around the clock, um, to make it accessible from your phone and from your fingertips, to make it uh, accessible via a website that looks like other websites you access and not something that was built in the 90s that has never been updated. <laughs> um, that So that accessibility has, I think, dramatically affected people's desire to get care. The next is um, brand. I know that sounds cheesy, but it becomes much more approachable to ask for help when you feel comfortable or you feel you can identify with the people who are also asking for help. And brand has aided in a lot of this. I know a lot of these healthcare care companies, consumer healthcare companies in particular, have invested in creating a brand that is not just get medicine or get care, but also lifestyle content, um, engagement and interaction, community forums. There's a lot more to the healthcare journey than just a one-time interaction with a doctor once a year. And these healthcare companies, because they've created brands and lifestyles around those brands, have done a good job of, of that. Um, I think finally, They've also taken a lot of the guesswork out of the journey for getting care. Perhaps it's because many of these consumer healthcare companies are siloed in what they offer. So it's hair loss medication or birth control pills uh, or, or you know menopause medication, and they they take the guesswork out of being trying to be a one stop shop. They help you identify a point solution and then get the solution from that point. Um, and that may make it a little bit easier for people to understand why they should access the care and therefore they do it more frequently. Definitely. And then let's talk about summer. So yeah. you're taking a lot of these lessons. I've had the pleasure of being able to use it um, or maybe not pleasure, but um, the need and loved the service because uh, the reason I go to summer is the lovely triple demic that's going on with our kids right now. Um, so making sure that when my newborn is spiking a fever at three weeks, I actually texted summer first um, to see what I could do from a care perspective. But would love to hear more about how you're taking those lessons around building a brand, around accessibility, around point solutions, and building a solution in the in the pediatric space. Well, I'll start by saying I'm very grateful for the um, for the review and for the feedback. And honestly, we really are out there. We exist to help kids like yours. And so I'm, I'm really happy that we were able to provide that kind of service to your family. Um, as far as summer is concerned and, and taking some of those learnings, 
for starters, Summer Health was built out of my own journey as a parent. And so a lot of the in the early iteration of the product reflected what I wanted to see as a mom of two young boys. I felt very underserved by the pediatric care system. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I feel pretty underserved by the broader healthcare system, even as somebody who is healthcare savvy. But in particular, I found that getting care for non-emergency needs or non-well visits, everything that falls into that messy middle was extremely difficult to access. And it's kind of by design. I mean, the healthcare system doesn't necessarily reimburse for those moments. Providers are so strapped because of a provider shortage that we're facing in this country after COVID that there is not enough time for these providers to see patients for uh, these kinds of questions. And then finally, most care is still in an in-person modality, but telemedicine is starting to revolutionize the way we can get care. And again, I know it's not super novel. It's been around for 20 years, but to be able to access care pseudo-synchronously, as we call it, but really like asynchronous care, to not have to be online at the same time as the doctor, but still be able to get credible answers quickly is something that just didn't really exist before and something that I really wanted to will into existence. We created Summer Health to do exactly that. We provide text message-based care for the gamut, for the urgent care needs and the acute conditions all the way through to the behavioral, the developmental, the in-between moments kinds of questions. And what we have found is that parents really do have that, that spectrum of needs and it's hard to predict what is going to come up. And so by offering a subscription-based service as opposed to these payment for one-off visits, we've been able to cultivate relationships with families so that we feel like we really know their kids. Um, and that way, when something urgent comes up, we can dutifully treat them. Um, but if it's something that's behavioral, we have the history of what's gone on in a way that, unfortunately, the existing pediatric care system doesn't do. And so we learn that parents want that continuity of care. They really want to feel like they're going to a home, a medical home, so to speak. Um, and so we've leaned into that quite a bit as we think about building our brand and our, our product offering. And pediatrics is so unique for each individual. As you said, each each kid has a story, each family has a story. So you're really approaching this from a personalized perspective. How else are you thinking about kind of taking that personalized, individualized care approach as you kind of think about think about asynchronous, which is not necessarily as personalized as a face-to-face visit? Yeah, I I have spent some time recently working on this specifically, mostly because we spent a lot of time reworking our provider tools in the last couple months. And I actually think that asynchronous care, or as we like to say, pseudo-synchronous, because we do respond kind of in real time, but it's not face-to-face, is the best way to offer continuity of care because the provider can take the time to read a previous note, to see what questions the parent has had, to see what kind of answer they've received, and then build on top of that care that they've already gotten. And so we try to, for our providers at least, we try to surface those insights front and center when the patient comes in. So it's not like a typical urgent care visit where you don't have any context on the family or the child, but rather you know that this child is vegan and therefore you would never recommend some kind of treatment that is not uh, commensurate with that lifestyle. Or you know that the child is allergic to penicillin, so you're not going to ask again, if you could prescribe them amoxicillin. Uh, we, we have our providers really take the time to review the history and to learn about the family. And that's one reason 
the asynchronous model works so well. Another reason is that we do this very personalized intake process. So when you sign up for Summer Health now, you have a one-on-one moment with a provider where the provider is taking the time and it's truly all the time you could ever need uh, to express to them what's top of mind for you right now, what the family dynamic looks like, what uh, concerns you have about your child so that we have all that information. The last thing I'll say, because I'm, I'm actually, this was a use case that I could never have anticipated, but makes asynchronous care so magical. When we treat you or your child for a condition, it's not a five minute visit and done. The way I think a lot of us feel like we get churned through the, the medical system, both for our own personal experience and for our kids. We've had providers who have proverbially held the hands of patients while they've been in an emergency room for four hours or while they're dealing with a, a one week flu. Uh, it's not like the visit ever really starts and stops. In fact, we don't even think about them as visits. We think about them more as encounters and engagements because um, there's no start and stop time to the relationship. The provider will be there alongside you as long as you need. And that's very different from what the system currently offers today. Yeah. And that was my experience too. I, I had a newborn that was spiking a fever with a toddler who had an even higher fever. And so we were talking to the summer health provider over the course of a couple of days. And we did end up having to go in just given how young the newborn was. But um, it, it's nice having someone to chat with to make sure you're doing like what you're supposed to be doing as a parent. Um, and I'm also excited to use it from a um, kind of as their growing perspective, how do we think about sleeping? How do we think about introducing foods? Kind of those, those that support system that you don't, that I didn't have with my first. Yeah. Um, so I, I've definitely experienced that as a, as a user of the product. Oh, I'd um, love to hear it. Are there any other kind of surprises or, or things that you're seeing from a benefits perspective for the parents or for the kids that uh, has come up since launch? Yeah, I mean, specialty care is one that I could never have anticipated. I thought that we would just do primary care, but very quickly it became clear to us that parents have questions about such a wide range of topics. And it's true that it's not always the pediatrician who can or should answer those questions. Um, Specialists in pediatrics can mean licensed medical professionals. Like we've added dermatology to the platform, for example, we get a lot of questions about allergy. And so having allergists on the platform is is also on on our horizon, but also specialists in um, more of the uh, license, but not medical, not necessarily medical license, like lactation, sleep, nutrition. We have an amazing nutritionist on the platform who gets paid constantly about introducing solids to babies or dealing with allergies and maneuvering around allergies or just healthy eating habits for kids. Um, I don't think we anticipated the outpouring of demand for those kinds of services. And we also didn't really give credence to the fact that parents want all of that in one place. Having point solutions for your kids is actually very different from having point solutions for yourself as an adult. Um, And so being able to roll up everything so that somebody has a holistic picture of what's going on with your child's health and wellness is extremely important. And so as we build summer health, not only are we leaning into offering specialty care, but we're going to start leaning into tracking what's going on with your child, making it really clear from, uh, I don't know, some like this visceral or physical way on your phone that you can actually see what's going on with your kids health and wellness in real time Um, and that's far above and beyond what's available today yeah 
that answers my next question. I was going to say, what's ah. next with Summer Health? You've built, you've built this great platform already. You launched not so many months ago. Um, it's scaling quite quickly, it sounds like. So where where else are you going? You mentioned tracking. You mentioned more holistic health. Are there any other key pillars that you're building towards as you kind of think about the next year or so? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I <laughs> I get the feedback that I'm, a, I'm like a very long-term thinker. And so I, I have to get crammed into like, what should we do this year versus the, the big long-term vision? I mean, I'll start with the, the super big and then I'll, I'll zoom into what's going on this year. Fundamentally, we at Summer Health believe that every American should have a phone number in their pocket. They can text and get medical care within 15 minutes. And whether that's paid for, out of pocket, covered by your insurance, paid for it by your employer... I, I, when I say every American, I truly believe that every single American should have access to something like this. And so the work backward plan from that ultimate goal is certainly still a big focus on pediatrics in the next year. We, we believe that there's such room to run to help kids get healthy. And we've seen, as you mentioned, the triple pandemic, and we've seen a major uptick in kids' ailments in the last few months just based on COVID and immunity and all that, uh, all that jazz. Um, for this year specifically, we're focused on two things. One is perfecting our existing product. We really want to guarantee that at scale, we can provide care within 15 minutes to families around the country. So far, our average wait time is two minutes. Um, you have been very helpful in giving us feedback on, on wait times and response times and all that. So we've streamlined operations. We have a deep set of critical expertise and guidelines that we follow and we're streamlining um, and automating a lot of those processes. Uh, and we do so in all 50 states, which is great. So we're, we're perfecting our craft and honing it in the existing product. And our second is that we're starting to add value beyond visits. That's our, our initiative name. Um, by offering, as I was talking about before with the you know some of the specialty care and also with creating one central nexus for you to track all of your kids' health and wellness, uh, that's going to become a very big part of our platform in the next year. And we've already prototyped uh, some of it with existing users who love it. And so we're excited to be able to roll something like that out in the next few months. And what would you say are some of the proudest moments you've seen as a founder? You jumped from kind of operator exec to now now running and building. What would you say stands out from what you've done so far? Proudest moments. Well, for starters, hiring a team um, has just been a tremendously beneficial, prideful moment for me as an individual and also for us as an organization. I, I feel privileged that I get to work with such talented individuals who have left esteemed careers at great companies uh, in, in a bunch of different industries to come join us because they believe in our mission. And so there's no question that that has been a very formidable part of the experience. Beyond that, our launch moment uh, was a, is a day that will always stand out for me. The day we set Summer Health Live, we had some press coverage and got lots and lots of customers to come join us and try out the service. Seeing people experience it for the first time, there's a, a real magic in that and putting creating something out of nothing and then putting it out to the world and seeing how people interact with it. So um, that day in July will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah, as a founder, you kind of feel those moments more deeply than everyone else. But that can also that same feeling can lead to some other kind of roller coaster emotions down the road. But those, those high moments can be some of the best uh, in terms of a professional career. 
Um, and then as you kind of look at building and, and growing, growing the organization, growing the team, what are some professional or who are some professional mentors that you um, kind of look up to or that you kind of rely on as you think about going through this journey? Wow. Well, I've been very privileged that I've gotten to work with some great executives, both in my time at Twitter and in my time at Pims. And so I, I draw from an amazing pool of mentors and role models from my time there. Uh, I mean, in, in particular, uh, there's a woman who's a co-founder of Pims and Hers named Hillary Coles, who has just been a tremendous supporter of my journey throughout my time um, at Summer Health. And Andrew Dudem, who's the CEO of Hims and Hers is always there to answer my random late night musings and questions about how we did things in the early days of Kim. Um, and so I'm very grateful for those two. And, and again, for the whole leadership team, um, Dr. Pat Carroll, who was actually my my uh, direct boss at Hims and Hers for a bulk of the time I was there has helped me with a lot of the clinical component of building summer health in a way that I've never, because I, I'm not a doctor, um, I've never really seen that side of the house. And so he's been tremendous too. Um, I've got a great advisory board. John Brownstein, who is the chief innovation officer at Boston Children's Hospital, has been instrumental in advising us through the trials and tribulations of figuring out the pediatric care system. Um, and then I should also mention that I have some great investors who have also served as mentors to me. Um, Alfred Lynn, who has been a big uh, supporter of my career for many years and is someone I, I deeply admire, has really been there in the weeds with me since the moment I started this business. Um, and so I feel just deeply, deeply grateful for his mentorship and advice in the consumer space. And of course, Dina Shocker, who is uh, one of our investors at Lux Capital, I, we meet all the time and is deeply interested in, in healthcare. And so, um, you know, I, I have a, I feel very blessed that I have a deep bench of mentors who, some of whom also happen to be investors in the business, who have really helped us get to where we are today. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a lot of people to lean on when you have those questions, which as a founder, you are going to. Um, oh, so yes. That's great. And I've, I've had to learn how to be kind of unabashed about just asking for help. I think there's a tendency amongst executives and former operators and especially women to pretend you know everything or to pretend you have all the answers and I just decided at the start of this business that I don't know I realize I don't know anything even though I've I've worked for many years and I've worked for many years in this industry and I just have to be um humble and swallow my pride when it comes to asking for help and I've been happy with how it's turned out so far that's great. And that's such an important lesson too. I mean, there's only so much that one person can know and it's really around the, about the team that you build around you. Um, yeah. So turning it a little bit more personally on the, on the health side, obviously as a founder, you're a mom. Um, how do you take care of yourself? What do you, what are your health hacks tools that you swear by from a per physical and, and mental health perspective? It's funny. My I work out with a trainer a couple of times a week. Who's a, a longtime family friend and has known me since I was a teenager. And he looks at me this morning. He's like, I think I think you need to like pause some things. I think you've reached the breaking point. So I feel like maybe I'm not, you know, in an amazing position to answer this question. But in all seriousness, um, you know, big believer in taking advantage of the healthcare resources that are given to us. I'm extremely fortunate that I have health insurance and um, I have, you know, access therefore to great health um, professionals. But I see a therapist whom I love every week, and I take 
a lot of pride in working on my mental health um, to make sure that I'm really compartmentalizing what's going on in, in personal and professional life. Um, I have great childcare. My husband is an amazing partner in that endeavor and we have a great nanny. And so again, I acknowledge that that comes from a place of extreme privilege, but I have had to ask for help and have received it in spades, which is great. Um, and something that I don't know if it gets talked about enough, but uh, you know, we, we have to do what we can to make sure that we have the support system we need to actually make the decisions and, and do the work. Uh, as far as other health and wellness is concerned, I'm a very conscious eater. So I, I think a lot about what goes into my body and I try to take nutrition very seriously, which I know is near and dear to your heart. Um, and what else? I exercise a couple times a week. Uh, so I, I try to make carve out time for that, even though that cuts into sleep. What am I not doing well? I don't get very much sleep. I am probably, you know, compromising on being an amazing mom and being an amazing founder, but I have just had to come to terms with that. So what is your philosophy on the, on the mom plus founder plus partner? Is it, is it work-life balance? Is it work-life integration? Is it kind of being okay at everything? How do you think about it? You know, I, I oscillate in my answer to this, honestly, I think it just sort of depends on when you catch me. I am fortunate that I have a mother who has been a very strong role model and actually a grandmother who also is a very strong role model. I come from a long line of women who work, who work very intense professions. My mom has been in private equity her whole career and, you know, has been partners at big firms. And my grandmother was a Spanish, or, well, she's still alive, but no longer is uh, teaching, but she's a, a Spanish professor for 60, 70 years um, at large universities and didn't retire till she was well into her nineties. And so um, I come from a long line of women who figured it out. And I think I was always, expected to figure it out. So probably my answer comes to a bit of a work-life integration. Um, I do believe that for parents, um, spending time with your kids is important. Investing that time in your family relationships is very important. And I don't like to compromise that where possible. So I set certain boundaries for myself. Um, I also have very open and honest conversations with my husband, um, who is amazing and also equally busy, but seems to deal with it much more graciously than I do. <laughs> and so uh, I think we have spent a lot of time just creating some ground rules for what works with um, work-life integration. I also try to bring my kids into the professional context a little bit. Um, I am about to take my first work trip with my son, who is three and a half. I'm going to bring him along and see how it goes which I think is important. Uh, I let him sit in on Zoom meetings. My my little guy is probably a little too small for that, but I've, I've always encouraged my kids to meet my work colleagues, ask questions, and be part of the journey too, because I'm doing this in part for them. Um, and so I think work-life integration is sort of the only way possible as a founder and as a, a parent. I'm in 100% agreement with it. It's... Um trying to figure out ways to set boundaries, but also understand that it's it's flexible, it's fluid. It's not always going to be the same, especially if you maybe you have a three you have a three and a half year old, but if you're having a newborn, that life is going to look a little bit different. Um, but it's a conversation and and as you mentioned, the the help and the support and the asking for all these things. Like I work with an exec coach. I have not I have a trainer or will have a trainer work with future, um, the app, which has been instrumental for me over the past year. Um, I 
use tools like routine for nutrition. I do also, we have childcare too. It, of course, it comes from a very like specific place of privilege, but it's also a decision that as, as a founder, as a partner, you make together or by yourself to say, I'm going to invest in this because it's important to me as a founder. It's important to the company, but it's also important to me as a person. Um, and that's a conversation that doesn't always happen amongst necessarily women founders or women kind of executives as well. Um, so I true. love that thought. It's true. And I will, I will give, I don't know if the counter um, point to this gets told that often, but we also talk a lot about work-life integration at Summer Health. And so when it comes to my professional colleagues, I have an amazing head of engineering. And his first question to me when we met was, tell me about the work-life balance or integration at your company because I have two young kids and that's critical to me. Or my head of clinical who um, makes sure that he's with his kids during certain hours of the day. And so he's, he's not online and available during those certain hours of the day. And that's fine because we as a company also have to maneuver around that. And I think it's part of the broader health and wellness conversation or vernacular that's taking place, especially as it pertains to mental health, um, that because of COVID, because we're all working remotely or, or semi-remotely and we have much more flexible schedules, it means that things with families come up and that's not unique to any one individual. You don't even need to have kids for that to be the case. And we all just need to treat each other as full humans. Exactly. Uh, and so I think I think a lot about that in the professional context too. Yeah, definitely. And the modern family is changing. The the makeup of when people are working, who's working, how often they're working, how busy they are, it's all changing. And so making sure that you're building as a as a leader for that, but also as you think about company features and what your kind of the solutions you're providing um, for your members and for your patients is also really important. Yeah, totally. I like that. And as an investor, so you also spent some time there. I don't know how much you're doing it now versus founder versus not, but um, what are you really excited about when it comes to the future of health kind of overall? Ooh, okay, so for starters, I have had the privilege of getting to invest as um, a scout mostly for Sequoia and uh, to really like put myself into the ecosystem a little bit more to help other founders. It's a position that I absolutely love. I love working with other founders. And it's a shame that I really haven't had that much time as a founder myself to do it. So occasionally I'll, I'll help other founders and I'll make an investment, but it's been few and far between in the last year or so. What am I most excited about though? Um, I think we're going to see a rebundling of health services. So I talked a little bit about how there are lots of these point solutions. And my hypothesis is in the next two to five years, we're going to see a lot of regrouping. Uh, of those services together, whether it's companies merging or new companies forming that consume all of them or new companies that form that just sort of are a new new version of whatever is like the, you know, one medical, or like the all consuming thing, but we'll do so in a much more user-friendly way, in a way that, as I was describing uh, a few minutes ago, is the way you want to engage and interact with other consumer products. Um, so I'm very keen on that specifically where else am I excited? I think um, there are going to be a lot of advances in, I, I know this is sort of like I see, but like in automating through AI um, and in taking some friction out of like the low hanging fruit in the healthcare journey so that when you see a provider, it's 
for a very meaningful reason and you get a very meaningful interaction with that individual. So we're going to have to become much more efficient with provider time, given that it is dwindling uh, and the trend is only going in that direction right now. So figuring out technology to solve that problem is something that really gets my gears going. And then finally, I do um, see a lot more of the technological infrastructure getting built for tech first or tech forward healthcare, better electronic medical records solutions, better HIPAA compliant messaging platforms. The guts of healthcare are kind of getting rewired too, um, which means that there will be better consumer experiences. And so I've as, as we build Summer Health, we've had the opportunity to get to work with some of those companies. And I'm really energized by what, I, what I'm seeing right now in the market on that front. Definitely. And the, the AI piece, I think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it's a very buzzy topic right now. Uh, ChatGPT came out and completely changed yes. Twitterverse um, as, as a lot of other companies. But I think healthcare is a really interesting solution for it. I always have um, building in kind of decision support and allowing technology plus provider to equal much more than just kind of technology or provider on, on its yes. own. Yes, totally agreed. Um, Giving them superpowers. Then, and as you think about um, your career as a whole, uh, if someone is looking, kind of coming out of out of undergrad, wants to follow this path, what's one piece of advice that you would have, or what you would have given yourself, uh, kind of back then? Take as much risk as possible. Um, I I started my career for a very short amount of time in investment banking, which I did in part because I looked at my mom and I thought, well, she did it for many years, and so therefore I should do it too despite her insistence that I take a very rich, she, she would say to me when I was a senior in college, just get a job in tech. What are you thinking? Just go get a job at a tech company. Um, but I think at the time it was 2010, 2009, 2010. And I, I like, you know, wasn't quite as much part of the culture as it is now. Um, but follow your instincts, take as much risk as possible and bet on yourself because Nobody else is going to really bet on you in the same way. And as you think about finding not only mentors, but really sponsors in your career, the best sponsor you really have is yourself. And so um, doing risky things, like putting yourself in situations where you get a lot of experience, whether it's leadership experience or hands-on learning experience of a topic, becoming an expert in something, all of those are most likely things that you have to create yourself and involve going out on some kind of limb to do it. And so I wish that at 21, 22, someone had said to me, take as much risk as possible because that tends to be the most fulfilling and rewarding careers. Take risk and raise your hand is what it sounds like. Yes. Yes. Don't, Always raise my, your hand. Yeah. My life motto is you don't get what you don't ask for. So that definitely, I'm glad that translated. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, last question is just how can people find more about you and, and about Summer Health? Oh, well, first of all, it's an honor to be here. I really have enjoyed this conversation. I always love catching up with you. If you want to find us, first come find us, Summer Health. Um, we are www.summerhealth.com. Uh, we are at Join Summer on Twitter and at Join Summer Health on Instagram. And then if you want to find me for some reason, I'm at Ellen J. DeSilva on Twitter. Well, to find more about the wisdom that you've uh, you've shared today. So uh, thank you so much again um, and hope everyone enjoyed. Yeah. 
Madden and Mitchell Media.